The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. So what are we drinking today? A ruby red mule. Okay, a ruby red mule? Yeah, so I'm using the uh, Fast Eddie, or Deep Eddie, excuse me, grapefruit vodka. Okay. And then lime, Rose's lime, and then ginger beer. Wow. So, parts a little bit of a spin on it. Um, I use three parts of the vodka and a part of the roses lime, and then the rest just topped it off with ginger beer. Okay, cool. Squeeze the lime over it. Yep. I think it's pretty nice. It's refreshing. As as mules go. Yeah. You know, we've had like we've a had bunch of mules. Kind of mules. <laughs> I know. I know. I never knew there were more than more than one kind. I didn't either, and I had only recently probably in the last 10 years had tried a mule for the first time oh, so really? it became my drink of choice for a while huh. i only knew the regular traditional mule but i would it was my go-to if i was going out and stuff oh interesting can, um but now there's like a plethora of mules yeah yeah so i still think the i like i like this one but i still think that the the, the mezcal mule was the best yeah yeah it was really good mm. i like that Nice. Well, my life. Yes. I don't know what you call what we just did, but... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. So yes. so what I did was I put on my um, cock ring apparatus. Yep. And I lay on the bed and waited for you. And, waited. And while I waited, I just got more and more aroused. Yes. And... You show up in this amazing latex outfit and these high heels, yes. and you foot play my my your junk, junk. basically. Yeah, <laughs> my package got feeded. Yes, it was First great. We did a little heel work, and then we did some barefoot. Yeah, foot job stuff, and then very cool. You know how hard it is to watch a sexy woman playing with your dick with her feet. Oh my god, it's pretty hot, isn't it's it? It's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like this whole foot direction we're going in (laughs) yeah it's fun and it adds just a different element to sensation and everything yeah i really like it yeah yeah and i came super hard yes you did yes came super hard and i just i just love the playfulness and the 
fullness of our self-expression yeah. and our sexuality and just how there's no judgment. It's really just fun. Just and fun. We're having fun playing together. Yeah. It's really awesome. And so now we have a, um, a new like, realm to explore. And right. This whole a whole f- bunch of stuff to explore. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, it goes in line with the CBT mm-hmm. interview that we did with the artful CBT that he did. Yeah. And this plays right into that, too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it, it's fascinating, you know. And for me, it was a big day, too, just purely getting in my five-inch heels. Yeah. Not because five inches too tall for right. me. And when I'm in five-inch heels, I'm almost 6'4". Mm-hmm. But after my surgery, I'm, I'm adjusting to where that ankle can be you know, plantar flex or dorsiflex, you know, basically. Right. And it's not quite there. I'm not quite there, but close. I'm surprised because those are really tall heels. Yeah. Close. And I was surprised, you know, both feet fit in the same shoe because sometimes mm-hmm. after surgery you change shoe size. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is doable. It's just something about flexibility and it's about the right shoe fit because obviously I have a thinner foot and so certain shoes fit me better so i'm excited to like play with shoes because i love shoes there you go yeah so much fun chapter five yeah that was an interesting chapter you know for one thing it really got more into their dynamic more yeah you know she opens the chapter talking about how it really is a master in his submissive yeah like she gets that and her um willingness to sort of confront him occurs more like a brat correct so she's so she's present to that sort of bratty nature yeah he's also continuing to just put in that daddy little dynamic yeah he really pushes that a lot with little innuendos and calling her on any claims where she says I'm grown up or I'm adult or right. you know and then he then he reverts to that completely in a hardcore way which pisses her off because although she's fighting her little you know when he ignores the little completely then she gets pissed about it yeah. she's just she's trying to get grips with that and then he takes her by the wrist and walks off. <laughs> yeah, and I think that taking by the wrist, not versus the hand, is just like what you do with little kids when you're yeah. trying to direct them. Yeah. You grab them by the wrist. You don't grab them by their hands. Their hands are so tiny. But you grab yeah. them by the wrist, so you really got them. So they don't wiggle out. Right. You know, it's just the same, it's the same thing. The, the, the sort of story around which that whole conversation occurs is one where he's feeding the ducks and she wants to feed the ducks but he won't let her feed the ducks because she said she's a woman not a little girl and that's a child that's a child's thing yeah he's doing it and he's doing it right (laughs) so weird yeah but but it but it goes to like the psychological control that he's exerting oh totally yeah and it's interesting because it's the first sort of glimpse you get into who he is you know he's had this life where he's had a marriage in the past. He has a kid that he doesn't know, doesn't care about, not interested in. And then theoretically another kid. Yeah, yeah. The second kid from probably just like a one-night stand sort of thing. Sure. He doesn't have any relationship with that woman that we, that we know about. Right. And so you get the sense that he's sort of, 
irresponsible about his own like loving relationships. Like he doesn't have a father son or father daughter relationship with an actual child. Well, and he refers to the, you know, when he expl- shared with her having a child, he calls it it. It, yeah. He has no connection to it at all. No, no. Yeah, so it's interesting because he treats her like a, a child, but in a sexualized way. Correct. And he has children with whom he has no relationship. Right. So that was interesting. And then from her, you sort of get like the sense of herself where she sees herself along a line of her her mother's side of the family where, you know, she describes her great-grandmother being this raving beauty and then her grandmother being pretty, beautiful, then her mother being pretty, and then she's pretty plain. Right, and he, she sort of sees that sees that progression through her family. Like that's how that's how she sees it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that she is put off by him sharing his conquest stories and things of past relationships, in the sense that he, you know, he'll bring up that she was, you know, he was infatuated with her. She's so beautiful. He was infatuated with her, yeah. and put up with all the crap because she was beautiful, basically. And here she's sitting here hearing this, and she's just like, this sucks, because I would trade anything just to be considered beautiful. And then, you know, he reverts to saying, well, but but she was a moron, basically, you know. And, but then he goes back to saying she's beautiful, which is a common, common um, discussion that happens. Like, oh, well, I married her because she was just so fantastically beautiful. And then the personalities fall apart or whatever. Who knows, right? Not every time, but it does. And then you've got someone else who doesn't see themselves that way, has a personality, and says, well, I just got married because I just it was worth it. And then you strive to just be beautiful. And that's what she says. She says exactly that in the story. Like, I would do anything. I would compromise myself in order to go to be told I was lovely versus, and throw away my brain. Right. That... And that, that, that really speaks to the time period. Yes. As well as just what women struggle with. Women's power comes from their beauty. Period. In, in period. Op- often, yeah. It does. Now, women have learned to use other ways to create power. But if we're talking societal, yeah. people, it's first their first appearance, first judgment, that's what it is. And you really, to get past that viewpoint of someone just seeing you for the first time passing judgment on you mm. requires a lot of other work like you have to have a personality a conversation you know there's got to right. be other things right but by that point it doesn't matter if your person is better if they've already judged you as plain or you're not pretty right. versus the first person they see and they go oh my god she's gorgeous she'll never stop being gorgeous right. she could be a retard later or you know moronic to them in some way but She'll never stop being gorgeous. Right. But and the same thing goes for what she's complaining about. She'll never stop being plain. Right. That she'll do anything to not be that, but she's that. Yeah. And it's just a and it's a struggle. If you talk about this being in the forties, this is not new for women. This is mm. a constant construct. What I'm fascinated about is, you know, this is her coming to all these realizations of herself mm-hmm. as she's involved in this new dynamic with, right. that puts her in this submissive masochist little space right and and she's just coming to terms with 
like the realizations that she's having about like her life life mm-hmm. but in but in the context of a relationship with the dominant and her stories and her stories right like a you lot know? of it. they and they've only been she does give us a time phase so, so we kind of know the time like it's only months. been 3 months right so you know they it sounds like they started dating at the beginning of the summer right because this this chapter takes place in early well it's September. right after the war ended right and so the war ended in june in europe yeah so um so you know it's like now September. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's fascinating because it's it's the first time that there's not a sort of sexual overtone to the conversations. Right? It really is just their history, their relationship, relatedness, their relatedness, yeah. their dynamic mm-hmm. is present, but it's like the subtext to their beingness. It's sort of fascinating. It'd be interesting to see where this goes. I mean... This is her life, right? And this is a theoretically an autobiography. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to sort of watch how, you know, she's sort of evolving to like, appreciate more fully who she is inside of that dynamic. Yeah, it is fascinating. Even the fact that she's making this grass chain, she's heavily engaged with this grass chain while they're talking. Right. To give her something to do while he tells her things that are uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's, that's really a, childlike. Children do that a lot. Right. They don't necessarily have to make something, but they'll... They'll play. They'll move their foot or yeah. in circles, figure eights, while they're listening to you talk to them, or they're, they're fidgeting. That's interesting, yeah. We often call it fidgeting, but um, it's, a, it's a self-soothing type of that's a good behavior. That's yeah. And so she's... You, you know, you, I'm just listening because they brought she brought it up m- uh, multiple times about this grass chain, like it was really right. important. And at the end, it chaptered. He's like, "Oh, did you made that for me?" You know, of course she did. She yes. says, "You know," and and she hands it to him. But while she's doing that, they're talking about some pretty heavy stuff for her yes. to grapple with on how does this? How do I see myself with this man who's done right. these things? Right, and there's a point where. He sort of says, well, I'm old enough to be your father. And she goes, well, I don't see you that way. Yeah, that, you know? that frustrates her a little that bit because she's her. like, I never thought of it that way before. Right. And the way the chapter ends is fascinating because mm-hmm. there was, you know, in chapter four, I think she talks about how she's not going to tell him about her like, most secret dreams. Yeah. And at the end of the chapter, chapter Today, five, yeah. the last sentence is he says are you going to tell me your secret dream now and he, she goes yes and that's where it ends so now the next chapter you're probably going to hear what that I secret think, dream is and I, I think and she does that I think because I remember in this chapter she says something like she hesitated to do something or say something because she didn't want to put a damper on his sharing that he was opening up and even if it was distasteful for what she was hearing she didn't want that's the most she's ever heard about his life. Right. And so she didn't want to jinx that by saying anything. So I think that leads right into at the end when he says, are you going to tell me, right. you know, basically tit for tat. I told you things about me. Now right. you owe me this. And right. I think she honored that. Yeah, that could be. It's going to be fascinating to see what comes next. Yeah. It's interesting. I am complete. I am complete. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, 
please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!